Hey everyone, welcome to episode 90, Toothpaste Words. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Okay, before I start, first of all, how in the world are we at episode 90? Like, it doesn't even make sense to me. And I know why we are is because of you guys, all of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Not only are you listening, but then you're sharing it on social media, you're sharing it with your friends. And I love how we're able to help so many people. And like, I get a list of all the countries that we are in. It is mind-blowing. Like, United States, obviously, because that's where I live. Great Britain, Canada, Sweden, Italy, Saudi Arabia. Like, some places I get alerts for where we're doing really well in. And I say we. And I'm like, I have to look that up on a map. It's so embarrassing. But I'm like, David, have you ever heard of this place? He's like, of course I have. I'm like, oh yeah, me too. I was just curious if you knew. You ever do that? You like just play along. They're like, oh yeah, I get the joke. Why well, don't get it? That's literally the story of my life. That happened the other day and everyone's like dying laughing and I'm looking around and they're like, you don't get it, do you, Kelly? And then it was like, oh, spotlight on me. So S Eliza 07 says, Kelly is incredible. I love her way of presenting things. We all love her strategies and her podcast has been and continues to help me and my family in so many ways so we can have harmony in our home. Yes, that is the goal, baby cakes. And remember, it's not harmony all the time. It's harmony most of the time. And I want you to think of your life on a continuum. And that's why the B minus work is so helpful for a lot of you and for myself, because I always tried to be the A plus mom and I felt like I was failing miserably. I was trying to become something that I wasn't. Like, I just really, 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 really wanted to be a Pinterest mom. So I would throw these lavish parties and I would be miserable before, during, and after because I feel like I was kind of a Pinterest teacher. So I was like, well, how can I be a Pinterest teacher but not a Pinterest mom? And it wasn't even in the same ballpark. And the reason why was because I was doing it with like a team of other teachers and I'd get ideas from them and then we would like share and then they do like one part of the activity in my room and then they go to the next room and they do the rest of it there. And it was just like this collaborative effort. Me at home alone, I was like, I don't know what to do. Hey guys, you wanna, you wanna do some finger painting? You wanna play some Play-Doh? I realized I was trying to fit into this mold of this mystery mom that I really wasn't. So I was trying to fit that square peg in the round hole because I thought that good moms did art activities morning, noon, and night, because that's what the teachers do at school, so I have to do it at home. So I just hope that this podcast takes a lot of that pressure off of your shoulders to be the perfect mom and to be the B-minus mom, and to think of your life on a continuum of, if you're yelling 100 times a day, you don't go from 100 to zero. You go from like 100, then you go to 90, then you go to 80, and you do it in small segments because then your brain is going to be more on board versus doing it 100 times a day and then expecting to be zero. And then when it happens one time, you think you fell off the wagon, you have to start all over, you fell off the horse. That all or nothing thinking is so toxic to our parenting. And I only know because I used to be an all or nothing parent. So I hope that this podcast helps you to kind of enjoy parenting more and enjoy your children more and not put so much pressure on yourself or your children. Because coming from the emotion of pressure, not a lot of good happens from there. It's kind of like Lily before she took her tests in elementary school and they would say, get a good night's sleep, good and good night's sleep, good and good night. And she couldn't sleep that night. And she's a great sleeper because they were putting so much pressure on the sleep. 
And she's like, I already know how to sleep. Why do they keep telling me this? So sometimes we can overthink it and overpressure, if that's even a word. And then we feel like a failure. And then our kids feel like a failure too. When they're just asking us, am I good enough? And then we're asking them, am I good enough? You can answer that question yourself. So I hope that this podcast has helped you to realize that it does not have to be harmony all the time. It's harmony most of the time. It's not happily ever after. It's happily 50% of ever after. And then you're able to accept the as is more versus we have to be happy at Disney World because this is the happiest place on earth. We have to, we have to, have to. And then put so much pressure on happiness. Your kids do not need to be happy all the time. I'm going to say that every week until it sinks in. Your kids do not have to be happy all the time. You do not have to be happy all the time. That, my friend, is true freedom because then when they're upset, you're like, oh yeah, this is when I'm supposed to step up and hold the space and teach them how to manage their emotions. Not during the moment, but oh, and then you get super curious and not so furious. So a lot of you like the red light, green light. You like very tangible things that you can do right now because a lot of times on the podcast, we talk about inner child wounding and our thoughts create our feelings, which create our actions, which create our results. And that is all well and dandy. And it's literally the missing link to what I was missing for the first five years of parenting and why I was so miserable and stressed out and sleeping with so much mommy guilt and feeling like a failure every single stinking honking day. Even though on paper it looked good, but I was falling asleep going, this is not what I signed up for. This is way harder than I thought it would be because I didn't even understand the ego, inner child. I didn't know any of that. So that you have to have, and you also have to balance it with the fun. You know, the word enjoy It means to be in joy with someone or something. So I want to bring that more to you and doing fun activities with your kids where you're not the Pinterest mom. You don't have to be the Pinterest mom unless that fills you up, unless that makes you feel happier, unless it feels natural. But if it feels like a round peg square hole, then you probably want to stop doing that. And that's okay. Just take it off your rubric. Remember, to be a good mom, you design the rubric to be a good mom or a good dad. You design that rubric. No one else can. I'll repeat that. You design the rubric. And here's a little tidbit of info to make you feel better. If you're worried about being a good mom, then guess what? You're already a good mom. And when you can come from that place of I'm an awesome mom, I'm a good mom, I'm a confident mom, then you parent from that abundant place versus fear and lack of not being good enough. Just because you have a friend who's a Pinterest mom does not make her a better or worse mom and does not make you a better or worse mom. It means that that activity gives her joy and fulfillment and that is why she's doing it. So she has her own rubric and you have your own rubric and every rubric is different. I thought I would love, love, love being a volunteer mom in the schools. I didn't enjoy it. My kids would get super clingy. They would cry when I left. They thought I was picking them up for the day. I thought I was going to walk in with a bag of apples and pass them out and they're all going to run to me and we were going to play ring around the rosy. Every time I tried to volunteer in my kid's classroom, it went horribly wrong. It went way sideways. I didn't enjoy it. That was on my rubric. And guess what? I took it off my rubric. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to volunteer in the kid's classroom, but I'm going to do it from home. Is there anything you need me to cut? Any copies you need me to make? Any errands you need me to run? I also thought I'd love being a room mom. That was on my rubric. That was my dream. Then I was a room mom. I'm like, this is so stressful asking all these people for money. And then they're not sending me the $5 for the group gift. And then what do I do? Do they not get the email? Oh my gosh, should I email them again? Maybe they don't have the money. I don't know what to do. I'll just pay for it. It was so stressful to like ask people for money. And it wasn't a lot of money, but it didn't bring me joy. I didn't enjoy it. So I stopped doing it and I took it off my rubric. Still made me a good mom. I just took different things on and off and different seasons of their lives. There's different things on that rubric. And that's okay because you get to define it. And when you come from that place of confidence and love and abundance and you're doing your best, then you forget the rest. And then other people can say what they want to say. And that's okay because they have a different rubric. So they might look at you not being a Pinterest mom going, well, all good moms are Pinterest. And you can just gently say to yourself, of course, that's on her rubric. So it doesn't turn into a competition, so to speak. All that to say, because you like such tangible things, 
Today, we're going to talk about an activity that literally was our students' favorite activity year after year after year. And when I became a counselor, I did it K through five, and they all loved it. Other counselors did it, other teachers did it, and across the board, teachers' jaws were on the floor, the kids learned so much, and then they would use it later as a point of reference. I call it toothpaste words, but you can call it whatever you want to call it. I didn't come up with this idea. I saw it in a book or I saw it online or I saw it from another teacher. I'm not really sure the origin because I started teaching in 1902, it feels like. Okay, maybe it was 1996. So that's a lot of years and I wish I could credit the person. So if you are the person that came up with it, please let me know. A couple episodes ago, I said automatic negative thoughts for ants. And I was like, I didn't come up with it, but I really like it. And then someone said, that's from Dr. Amen. I was like, thank you because I really, really, really like to reference the source and not plagiarize and do all that fun, compliant stuff, but I don't remember. So I'm like, okay, I can't remember. Should I not share it or should I share it? And then just tell them I can't remember because I'm a B minus podcaster. So I've seen it done a couple different ways. This is one way of doing it. Remember, this podcast is very plug and play. You apply it to your family, your kids, your situation, and customize it. If you learn anything from this podcast, I hope that you learn to listen to your inner voice and not listen to Kelly. I am not the expert of your child. People ask me for advice all the time. I'm like, I don't even know the age of your child. How am I supposed to answer that huge life evolving question if you should change their school or homeschool them or virtual school them? It's literally like just throwing a dart on the board. It's like saying, hey, Kelly, what's the meaning of life? And I'm supposed to answer that in an email? I don't even know myself. So how can I know something that you are the expert of? Meaning your child. No one knows him or her inside and out better. You guys have that beautiful relationship and it's that symbiotic, that dance. So my only job in this podcast is to help you guys dance better. So do not take everything I say as the golden rule and Kelly says, and I have to do it this way because if I do it this way, then that's what Kelly says. We are so used to taking external directions that we can sometimes get caught up with paralysis by analysis and forget to listen to our own inner voice. So I hope, like Tony Robbins says, this podcast has helped to unleash the power within you. I am not your guru. I am not your child's expert. You are. We're working in raising our children together. So the toothpaste activity was a really fun one and a class favorite. So I thought that'd be a fun one for parents to do at home in a smaller setting. Because if I can do something with 20, 30 kids, then you can do it with 20 or 30 kids at once and have them literally a pin could drop and we would all hear it. Then it's so doable to do in your own home how you want to do it. So this is how we did it. And I saw many teachers do it this way. Do you see how much disclaiming I'm doing? You're like, Kelly, just get to the point. Okay, so I had a puppet and the puppet was kind of funny looking. We had a paper heart and it represented the puppet. You know the saying, sticks and stones break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I told my students all the time and I tell my kids all the time, that saying, I understand the root of why people say it because it's kind of like, let it roll off your back. Don't get the bully any power, ignore it. It's something to say in retort. I understand the messaging behind it, but I also understand that that's a very false statement because when we get injured, we have a boo-boo. Maybe there's blood if we fall down on the playground. All I know is words hurt me sometimes when I hear them. I'm like, that wasn't very nice. What's going on? My dad still remembers something that his seventh grade teacher told him. Seventh grade. He's not in seventh grade anymore. I'm 46. So he still remembers it like it was yesterday. She said something along the lines of, why aren't you as smart as your sister, Lenny? And still to this day, he messes up. He's like, I wonder what Mrs. F would say about that. And he says her name, which is pretty funny. Her name was Mrs. Flathers. Is that something like you'd see in like a leave it to beaver? Okay, so we had a puppet and the kids didn't know what we were doing. I said, boys and girls, I always talk about kindness and using our words and being sweet and being kind. But today we're gonna do something a little different. 
we're going to do a little exercise of what it feels like to have a broken heart from words that aren't nice and how much that stings and hurts. And I had some things said to me when I was in first grade. You always want to relay it to whatever age or grade they are because then they can say like, oh yeah, she was in first grade. So because I was working with first grade, I would always say, when I was in first grade, they used to say, Smelly Kelly went to the deli to fill her belly with peanut butter jelly. And that hurt my heart so much because I knew that I had taken a shower and I didn't smell. And I did like peanut butter and jelly, but I wasn't going to be ashamed of it. And I said to myself, when I grow up, I'm going to become a teacher and make sure that no one says unkind words to other people. And literally a pin could drop. So the more you can personalize it to something that happened to you, the more they can connect with you. Oh, it was so funny when I was singing that song to the kids. It's a hilarious song. And you could see kids, they could hear my serious voice and like my broken heart when I was trying to like explain it. And they were fighting back laughter so badly. And then they're like looking at each other like, what's happening? Our teacher is turning cray cray. And so we had this puppet and we all came up and we said something unkind to her about her glasses or her dress. I said, this is the only time you're allowed to do it. And I was talking just like this, because when you change your voice inflection, all of a sudden you have them eating out of the palm of your hands. And when you talk like a robot, they stop listening to you and you're like Charlie Brown's teacher. So always, always try to change your voice inflection and talk with different tones because then they're just like, I don't know what to happen next. It's like watching a movie. And so we would say one thing and then every time they would say something unkind, they would have a tube of toothpaste that I would provide and they would squeeze it on her heart. I said, every time we break her heart, we're gonna squeeze toothpaste on the red paper heart. And so it was a really good visual of they could see of how their words were creating this break, so to speak, in her heart. And you could do it with anything. You could even do it with things that people said to you that were unkind or said to them that were unkind. And so I had one student do it after another and we probably had 15 different criticisms that we had about her. And I said, okay, now boys and girls, we know that that was very unkind. That was a one-time deal. Now we're gonna apologize to her. And when we apologize to her, it's gonna take all the pain away and we're gonna put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? And literally when I would do this in the classroom, I remember Andrea, if you're listening, she was like thinking to herself, how in the world is Kelly gonna get that toothpaste back in the tube? So each kid would come up and we'd have a spoon and they would try to, and I'd say, okay, now we're gonna give them compliments because we know how much we love compliments. That's one of Grady's spelling words this week. Cubbo, mub, pub, lub, I, mubby, dub, tub, sub. That's compliments in ubby dub, which Grady is getting very, very strong at. So sometimes we're studying his spelling words. I'm like, I bet you can't say that in ubby dub. He did encyclopedia the other day in ubby dub. I just like training their brain to like think differently. So when they apologized and when they gave her a compliment, the visual is the kids try to get the toothpaste back in the tube and it doesn't go back in. Obviously, it stays stained on the heart. They get some around the toothpaste tube. It's some stuck on the spoon. And it sends such a powerful message to the kids about our words and our energy and the way we talk to people. And you can name up a silly name like Pollyanna. Again, our kids are so in make-believe land, so we have to go join them in make-believe land and have fun with them to remember how we lived in make-believe land. We always are asking them to come to our world, put on your shoes, brush your teeth. And we're so serious. Eat your veggies, do it all. But then they're like, hey, why don't you come in our world a little bit? You're a little serious up there. It's a lot more light and fluffy here. I'm gonna do a whole podcast about being light and fluffy with our kids. That's my word for 2021. It used to be like gratitude. I was gonna be contentment. I've had those words in the past. I was like, you know what? It's just gonna be light and fluffy because everything's so heavy. So how can we be light and fluffy with our kids? Our kids can remind us to be light and fluffy. And sometimes we would even practice giving her dirty looks. I said, now we're gonna give her a dirty look. So everybody would give her a dirty look. I'm like, ooh, that's a big dirty look. All right, I'm gonna give a little squeeze over here. Her heart's broken over here. 
or we would sigh at her, or we would eye roll her. Those are different ways to show sign language. So we're teaching our kids about ways that we can express ourselves that are positive and negative and how that impacts other people. Because a lot of times kids are so egocentric and they're supposed to be, they're thinking all about themselves and how this impacts them. That's developmentally appropriate. Does not mean they're selfish. Doesn't mean they're gonna live in a hut by themselves and never have any friends and not get married and not ever be able to get along in a workplace. Our brains will go to that place. But because they're so egocentric, we wanna go into their world and become make-believe with them and show them how the dirty looks, the eye rolls, the huffiness. We could slam a door. What other ways do we show with our sign language that we're unhappy? How does Miss Hutchison do it? So then you can get a reflection back to you of where are you showing it? For them, what nonverbal cues are you giving off as a parent to them that they're picking up on? They are our greatest teacher and our greatest mirror. So drop the ego and just be like, tell me more. Versus like, I'm not huffy. I'm not on my phone too much. I don't roll my eyes. That's not me. That's what the brain's gonna wanna do because it wants to protect yourself and it wants to be super defensive. But if you just open up to it and be like, tell me more. When do I huff? When do I sigh? When do I roll my eyes? When do I snap? Tell me. Tell me all the things. Because when you're open to hearing feedback, then they're gonna be open to hearing feedback. So as we're trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube, it's very obvious that the toothpaste is not going back in. It's definitely not going in clean. And after you try to do it one time, the further attempts actually get worse because you can't ever get it back in. And so then later on, you can use, like if they're using unkind words or they're being snappy or they're being huffy or if you're being huffy or if you're being eye-rolly, Kids pick up on all the size, all the eye rolls, all the energy because they're like a computer program and they're just like a magnet. They're like a quicker picker upper from the Scotty towels and they are just absorbing it all, absorb, absorb, absorb. And they don't know any different. So they just absorb and then they put out what they are absorbing, which is really good feedback. Not a place to beat yourself up, but from a place of like, oh, thanks for showing me that because you're opening up to it versus no, I don't. It's not me. It can't be me. That was me for years. That's a lose-lose. But when you open up to it, then it kind of loses its sting and then you learn and grow and develop from that spot. And then when, if you're being unkind or they're being unkind later on, you could say, oh, that's toothpaste words, or that's a toothpaste sigh, or that's toothpaste body language. It gives a label to what you're talking about versus you're being so naughty, you're being unkind. Why are you being so sassy? You could just label it something a little bit softer, like, oh, that looks like some toothpaste energy. What's that all about? And then it turns it into something light and fluffy versus where they get defensive and say, well, no, I'm not. I just did that because you did that. So it becomes common terminology when you say toothpaste words, toothpaste energy, toothpaste body language, and they'll know exactly what you're talking about because they'll think back to the puppet. So try this out with your kids. Make it age appropriate. I've seen it done where you can, with older kids maybe, you could do something like they could hammer a nail into a piece of wood and then they pull the nail out and then they see that the hole is there and then we try to fill it with wood or wood glue and it leaves just a little bit different than we brought it. So it's a very great visual for kids and it's something that they'll remember. And I talk to my kids now, my students back in the day. Oh, wow, they're like in their 30s. What in the world? They still talk about the toothpaste activity over and over. They talk about that and the love cup and my love for Curious George. Those are the top three things I hear as feedback 10, 20, 30 years later. And I've worked in so many different schools with so many different types of kids. And if that is the resounding message that comes back, you can see that kids are kids and wherever they go, they wanna be seen, they wanna be loved, they wanna be valued, they wanna know that they're good enough. And so guess what? We get to answer with resounding yes. And then they start to be aware of us saying it. Then they start to believe it and then they become it. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, 
you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.